you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Salt Lake Dirt. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today on the show, I am thrilled to welcome filmmaker and author Greg Sestero. Greg is the author of The Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room, The Greatest Bad Movie Ever Made. Uh, the Room is it's one of my favorite movies at this point. I love this film. I've seen it multiple times. I am so excited because Greg is coming to Salt Lake City May 27th. That's a Saturday. And the Salt Lake Film Society is putting on a screening of the film, followed by a QA. and uh, That's Saturday, May 27th at 7 p.m. You can pick up tickets at slfstix.org. I'll have a link to where you can uh, purchase tickets. This was a, a very cool conversation for me. Um, Greg is currently in Sweden, so he was kind enough to take uh, a very late call <laughs> from me. And... Um, Talk about the room, talk about the book, talk about the upcoming screening in Salt Lake, and just kind of what the staying power of the room is. Um, it seems like it, it gains in popularity um, year after year. And we're at the 20th anniversary of the summer, which is incredible. Uh, 10th anniversary of the book. So uh, super excited to have Greg come to Salt Lake. I think, I think this will be a really fun time. And I encourage you to pick up tickets if you haven't already. But let's get to it and talk to Greg Sestero on the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. Thanks for listening. So you're in Sweden right now, and I noticed you'd been in Denmark and Austria already. Uh, well, first off, thanks for being on the show, and then... Second off, how long have you been uh, with the movie over there in Europe now? I was in, um, I was back and then I had to do a few things. I'm working on a, a UFO abduction movie that I'm getting ready to launch soon. We're actually going to show a little teaser of it at um, the Salt Lake event on May Great. 27th. But um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been really exciting. I love my passions or storytelling movies and traveling. And I'm kind of getting a chance to experience all of that. Um, and it's just cool to be in new places and meet new people. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I imagine I, especially I was just thinking this film, I mean, you, you've talked about this film a lot, the room uh, for those of you listeners who don't know what we're talking about uh, the classic film, the room uh, you've been able to go all over the world with, with this thing. It sounds like, um, and it's 20 years strong. We're at the 20th anniversary this summer, which is, Unbelievable. I remember when I used to live in Long Beach, California in my early 20s. So this is coincided with when the film came out. And I remember seeing that billboard when I would go into Hollywood. So it's it's been around for so long. Um, I guess going back to the Euro European audiences, because um, I've just seen the film with, with American audiences, I'm wondering if there's any uh, noticeable stark differences from country to country, the nuances when you view it with a different um, culture, anything, anything that stands out uh, for you? I think cinema has traveled so well over the past decade because of 
online movie reviews, YouTube channels, people connect much faster. Mm-hmm. And it was just really surprising. I remember when we, you know, I went to London uh, years back when the disaster artist book came out and they were quoting the same things, you know, American <laughs> audiences were, and it must be that they're picking up on, on different um, movie reviews and things just travel quickly. And then they're, you know, the audiences in Europe, they love this stuff, you know, and so there's a there's a there's a spoken language of cult cinema. And I think when you get it, you get it. And it transcends the language barrier. It's just something that speaks to people. And um, you get that same, you know, those laughs, that nervous energy, the participation. It just comes alive no matter what. And very few times I've seen it with a very quiet audience that more than likely they're horrified or trying to figure it out. But <laughs> There's not, you know, a moment that goes by where people aren't shouting things. Yeah. And so one thing, you know, I'm really into cult cinema. And one thing that I rewatched The Room because I hadn't seen it in quite a while uh, in anticipation of talking to you and the, the Salt Lake City event as well. And it to me, it seems like like one of the characteristics of a good cult film is it gets more watchable the more you watch it it's like i can't really articulate or put my finger on what that is but i enjoyed the room on this last viewing more than i had you know years ago and same with like you know a movie like plan nine from outer space or carnival of souls different things like that i find at least in my experience the more you watch it um the more intriguing it becomes in some odd way i don't know I would I would imagine other people have felt the same way, but it becomes more enjoyable, and it's I don't know if it becomes. Uh, I'm I'm a high school teacher, and we talk a lot about how when they were little kids, how like a Disney movie or any kind of kids movie that they gravitated towards, they, and we did. I mean, I did the same thing, and you rewatch the same movie over and over again. So we have discussions about, well, you know, why is that? Is that like a comfort factor? Uh, because if you know what's going to happen, then what makes the film so enjoyable? Uh, and I don't know. I don't. Can you speak to that for a minute? What makes you know people who've seen who are at these screenings? They've most likely seen the film at least once before, and it seems like um, in an audience. I've never seen it in, in with like a group of people. Well, no, I've seen it once with a group of people, and it's it has a it takes on a life of its own when you're with a, a group of people. But everyone knows what's coming so uh i don't know if there's much of a question in there just can you, can, if you could speak to that what, what has been your experience i mean you've seen the movie i mean can you even estimate how many times you've seen this film i've maybe honestly only seen it like 10 times really so you get to like uh, kind of step out <laughs> yeah i'll do an intro and i'll meet people and then i'm usually gone by the time the movie starts uh-huh. uh actually i've stayed and and done some live commentary, which always is really fun to do, but it's just one of those things that the movie's so quotable. Um, and never know that I, I knew it was, you know, Tommy was very quotable when, when I met him, we'd spend hours on the phone talking and I just love the way he'd say things and I'd like repeat it back to him. And so I think maybe that caught on, you know, I think that became something where people, it, it's it's strange dialogue, but it's something that we all think. And that's what makes it so funny is we're kind of seeing ourselves 
in a really deranged version uh, <laughs> up on screen. But yeah, the rewatchability, that's what I would do. I would watch Ewoks Battle for Endor every day on repeat on, on VHS. I'd watch Home Alone on repeat. And so that's what something about the room does, and it becomes a fabric of your life. And I've met so many people over the years who have um, gotten married because of this film. They met wow. on the first date. They've talked about it. I went to a wedding this year where they 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 watch the room with their their friends and family it means that much to them so uh, it's just it's something that's been really fascinating for me to observe a lot of people you know they'll wonder oh there's the worst movie ever made or whatever but you know 20 years later it's just something that you know these huge crowds of people that go see it and talk about it and and a lot of times these movie theaters you know these new releases and, and the theaters are empty but the room is bringing in people over and over again and it's just something i kind of i've sat back and like what is it about this movie that, that's what any filmmaker wants they want to make a movie that travels far and people love regardless because it is it's really hard to make a great movie and i think it's even harder to make a great bad movie because it takes so much luck for everything that needs to hit the wrong track and and that you know this movie did it so sincerely yeah, and it is like it's the it's the greatest bad movie. Um, people people absolutely love it, but it's like in a it's in an endearing way. I mean, it's I don't think I've ever could put my finger on a film that has really captured people uh, in, in the same way because it is it is loved and people will defend it. You know, I know I defend it. <laughs> if, if someone watches it and they don't get it, it it kind of annoys me. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing piece of work. So we're at the 20th anniversary. It came out, um, in June of 2003, I believe, right? 7th, 2003. Okay. And I'm going to be in Salt Lake on May 27th, 2003, 2023. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, and then the book. So, th I mean, th my show here is primarily, primarily literary, but we do a lot of film. Um, so I did want to mention your your book I, I love the disaster artist the the book and it came out 10 years ago so uh, that was such a wonderfully written uh memoir and just a just a great book maybe you could um i know you you've talked about this before but just kind of how that book came to fruition and then I, you know, I would love it if you, I think the experiences you're having now lend themselves to a book. I don't know if you have any, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have any, um, desire. I know, I know I would read that. Um, but yeah, just like the book, the book itself. And, you know, obviously we know the, 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 uh, the Franco motion picture that came out of it, which is an outstanding film, uh, and brought, you know, new life and new audience to the room. But I, I would just love to hear about the, the genesis of, you know, the book itself, because it's uh, you and Tom uh, putting this thing together. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I the, the movie picked up an international fan base and it was screening around the world. And I went to a couple screenings and people would ask me questions all the time. Like, how did you get involved with this? Why did you do this movie if you read the script? Like they didn't get <laughs> that Tommy and I were friends for years before. Mm -hmm. And that was a complicated friendship that was two guys who were stuck on this life raft trying to figure out what they wanted to be. And so 
Um, I just remember thinking that this story of Tommy and I, when I when I would talk about it, I thought this story could make a really good movie. I, I saw the movie Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. I saw Boogie Nights. I'm like, there's something here. Some actor would, their dream role would be to play Tommy. And I just always felt that. And I read an article in um, Harper's Magazine that uh, Tom Bissell wrote about the room and he sat with Tommy and he interviewed him. And it was something I read that I was like, this is, this is really entertaining to me. And this is what I feel like I can offer this fan base is to tell this story in a way that's a fascinating character story to someone who doesn't like bad movies, who's never seen the room. And I remember I, I, I reached out to Tom and I was like that article I just, I thought it was just incredibly brilliant. It was just, it was funny. It was heartfelt. Um, And I was just like, I, I want to try to do something like that with, with this story. And so um, it was, it was a a pretty challenging thing because public in publishing book publishing, you know, they, they see a quick pitch and they're like, Oh, uh, a bad movie that's screening in theater once a month. Like who's going to need to read about that. They can just go watch the movie. You know, we just stuck to our guns and thought, hey, that th- this is way more than just a bad movie. It's a memoir about friendship and about, you know, a very relatable universal story about what it's like to follow your dream and 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 what is art. You know, this movie technically is so bad, but it's something that people are so so into and so passionate about. So we just we hunkered in and 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 gave it everything we had. And it was um, three weeks after the the book came out um james franco called and he's just like hey i've never seen this movie i'm reading the story i'm halfway through it and i know i want to turn it into a film wow and it was just sort of an aha moment of like what i couldn't believe it it was like (laughs) you know you have this pipe dream of you know something that you think is is there that you believe in and all of a sudden it's validated by two guys that had just made one of the biggest movies of that year this is the end so um it was just something that was really rewarding and it's just over honestly over these these past years it's just been it's so cool to to travel the world and meet people that say hey i was walking through venice italy listening to your audiobook it was so great i've read your book i've read your you know people connected to the book in a way like they connected to the room but they did it in the way that i was like intending you know yeah. it was a, a book to to really reach people and to take the story um, in a, not only in a funny way, but in a way that they could relate to. So it was just, it's just been a fascinating 20 years. The first 10 years was the building up of the room and, and being like the surprise and the shock of, of that turn of events. And then it was the next 10 years about telling the story and having that validate everything. And it sort of came together in a way that, um, you know, gave me such a, such a reward and a belief that you should follow your dreams and you should make stuff because you're passionate about it. And that's sort of what I've been doing these past five years is I've just been making movies. I've been writing screenplays, following these, these um, stories I'm interested in and and making films. So it's just been um, a really interesting chapter of, of creativity. That's incredible. I mean, I, I love the book. It's, it's, it's great. Um, 
And that's, yeah, that's the thing that really, that's the glue between the room, the disaster artist, everything. I think the book is just, you know, it has that common human element. And I talked to a writer recently who said the more, the more specific you can be with your writing, the more it can resonate with like a, a mass amount of people for whatever reason that's been his experience. And that's what it seems with me. Cause this is such a unique experience. You were in such a un- unique position you are, and you still are. Um, I think to the beginning of the, the disaster artist movie, and I believe it's Adam Scott who says something like he would have like, he would love to have been on that set. If he could have been <laughs> on that set, um, that would have been incredible. And, uh, just briefly, I wanted to ask you, I keep hearing whispers of uh, Bob Odenkirk, uh, um, the room that it's been, you know, produced, shot. He plays Tom, he plays Johnny in the film. Um, can you speak to, to, to that at all? I mean, I've just, that's all I've heard. I don't really know anything beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, it was just sort of a su- surprise. It's going to be, you know, it was basically we they filmed some scenes for for charity for Amfar and and Bob Odenkirk. Um, you know, he was in the disaster. He loved the book. He we had a great conversation about it, and um, you know, he loves the whole phenomenon of the room. And he's like, this would be a really fun challenge to to get my time and do something like this for a day. And um, and so yeah, he he just kind of read it seriously and and it was really a fascinating thing to watch. So I think there's going to be some clips released uh, later this year. And um, I think it'll be a real treat. That's exciting. And then, like you said, you, you're working on, you've been working on other projects, um, best friends, volume one and two, which I, I totally dug. Um, That's uh, do, do you, are you kind of finding yourself more and more in the, in the writer role? Is that where you're feeling more comfortable these days or just kind of the a tour like filmmaker i think it's just like tackling a a, a, a storyline or a subject that you really uh, enjoy and it's following the movies that you that i love like you know when i was making best friends like i'm a big breaking bad fan i love this movie called the simple plan i'm like why do i love these movies and what can I do to resonate them in, in my work? So I just sort of tackled stories that I was intrigued by. And that sort of came about with Best Friends, making an L.A. noir movie with Tommy as a mortician who sells gold teeth. I'm like, we can just go so much deeper than that. And, and what's fun is when you know your characters, writing stories is just really engaging and, and, and fun. Um, and so there was that. And then I... Um, you know, I really am fascinated by cults. Mm-hmm. And so after I made best friends, I was like, I'm gonna try to do something totally different. I love horror movies. Um, I've always I've read those books about Manson and Jim Jones and, and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a movie that would fit into the 70s horror genre. And so I worked on that. Uh, I studied a cult called Miracle Valley, which is a really strange story that happened in the 70s. And you know, wrote the script, just put the movie together. And, um, you know, just as the pandemic was happening, we were finishing it. Um, and then during that time, during the pandemic, I got really into like the whole UFO culture, I took a UFO night tour in Sedona, Arizona, and I started writing a script. So I tend to take my weird life experiences and channel those into stories. 
And that's what turns out the best. I mean, that, I mean, I am also like very interested in cults, and I read a lot about that stuff. And one of my f- like favorite podcasts, um, the guy who's been on the show, I think it's called Was I in a Cult? They're on season two now, which I highly recommend if you haven't checked that out. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just so, just that that subculture or whatever you want to call it. You know, I was really into Ed Wood as a as a teenager, and um, yeah, it's just this has just been so cool being able to to connect with you. I guess let's tell everyone about the the Salt Lake City event because um, that's coming up in in um, a couple of weeks now. So May twenty seventh at the Salt Lake Film Society, Salt Lake Film Society at the Broadway Theater is um, putting on a thirty five millimeter screening Q and A with you seven p.m. I believe tickets are still available when I checked earlier today. So I encourage people to to check it out because it's a one, just one screening here. Um, have you been to Salt Lake before? So I've been like in and around. I've been to the airport, but I've never properly been in the city. So I've done all 50 states. I've been obviously through Utah, but very few cities I have not spent some time in, and Salt Lake's one of them. So this is going to be my first Salt Lake experience, which uh, I'm really looking forward to. That's awesome. Yeah, you got to do a, a walking tour of, you know, the Broadway theater is right downtown. So within walking distance of some of the more intriguing <laughs> local sites. So um, very excited. Yeah, so we're, we're super excited to have you. Um, I know the Film Society will, will, will treat you well. So that's that's great. I'll have a link to where people can get tickets um, because this is, uh, yeah, I, I, I hadn't I didn't think you'd been here before. I, I didn't. I haven't known of anyone from the room coming here to, to, to do a screening. So, uh, that's, that's super exciting. Um, well, yeah, Greg, anything else? Um, I'm gonna let you go to sleep. You're in Sweden right now, get some rest. Anything, um, you want to add, uh, before we kind of close up shop today? Yeah, we're going to, so again, if you've never seen the room, we're going to do a Q and a, Q&A. we're going to have a few surprises. We're going to show a, a teaser of the, the new UFO movie I'm working on. You might see uh, Bob Odenkirk as Johnny, and we might also do a little script reading from the original draft of The Room where you get to play Johnny, Lisa, and Mark. So, yeah, if you've never seen The Room and 20th anniversary, this is the time to to bring all your friends. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm stoked to be there. That Yeah, I'm stoked to, to, to have you. We'll be, I'll be there. I already have a group of friends that are coming, so i um, super excited to experience this. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for taking the time um, to speak with me, especially during this this massive time zone difference. I really appreciate it. Anytime, and thank you so much. Uh, I'll see you on May 27th. Absolutely. Can't wait.